off top. Jupiter has 79 moons. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What's up, Charlie? I'm back from my wilderness adventure for the past three days and two nights. I understand you did something similar. So I went with my son. I'm sure we'll talk about this with Ashley on Monday at some point. But uh, I think I've earned a lot of get out of jail cards. Like, I don't go to yep. jail much, but I think I'm going to start going. I, I got to start acting up before she forgets how great it was of me to chaperone this uh, two-night excursion. And it's not camping. It's, I, it feels like camping, but it's not camping. We slept in sleeping bags, but we did have like a real modern structure with electricity and stuff. But we just did outdoor school essentially for for uh three days with my son's class 10 year old boys and i mean i don't know there's a lot of really terrible jokes i can make about 10 year old boys but they were more wild than any of the animals that we came across they just they don't got no damn sense and i remember Mm -hmm. not having sense when i was that age but just they just do so many stupid things Having been in that situation, I can confirm 10 year old boys, when you put them in the wilderness, they're like domesticated pigs that become feral hogs, where if you just put the, where if you just put them in the yeah. woods, everything that they've started to learn about how to be a member of civilized society goes out the window and they become uh, like ferocious little monsters. <laughs> it's a reminder of like um, what Animal Farm is the book, but it, it's a reminder that like all the civilized things that we do today are like. Most of them, at least, uh, Lord of Flies. That's what it's called. That's yeah. what it's called. Not Animal Farm. Animal Farm was a different book that I pretended to read. Um, <laughs> but it's a reminder that all the things that we call like civilization in like the modern age, they are kind of unnatural. <laughs> you know, like all the things that the that the boys do are natural. Like they are just fighting for dominance of the dorm. It's like and not natural not to be like positive or negative like i think society today i like it a lot better than it would have been back in the day although i don't know i feel like my athleticism i i could have hmm. supported a lot of people run down some food or whatever but i think i like society more today but they just give in to their first instinct all the yeah. time and then and like there's so simple things that i don't think like i don't find hilarious like they go and fart in somebody's room and then close the door on them. I'm like, I know I'm not supposed to laugh at that, but you little motherfuckers kind of funny. Like, <laughs> it's in me a little bit. It's in, like, okay. But the thing is, I would stop. They do it all night, and it's still funny. Like, no, guys, one fart and run, good joke. Yeah. 12 fart and runs is not as funny as the first time. Uh, a sleeping bag fart will always make me uh. laugh. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, what are we going to talk about today? Not that, but yeah, I just walked back. So I'm a little bit tired. I've been like downloading all the sports stuff. And do people still think that this Odell Beckham signing matters? Because that's what I was reading. I found out and the boys on the trip knew before I did. They're like Odell Beckham. And they they know I played. Most of them know I played for the Ravens. They're like, you're excited. Odell Beckham played the Ravens. Like, I don't have ownership. It doesn't matter to me. But then they started to imply that that meant Lamar was going to stay. And then I got out in the real world and started checking the Internet. And it appears that some of you fools think that that matters also. Like, I don't get it. Is that still a thing or am I still am I behind? Do people really believe that Odell Beckham 
signing him at this point in year 10 for a one-year deal is going to be the same as meeting Lamar Jackson's financial demands? I think it's one of the most bizarre stories that proves we don't know anything about what Lamar Jackson right. really thinks. This is where it, where there's no CAA, there's no agency to, le- to leak information here because we're just putting it together that he was FaceTiming with Odell, that they were working out together, that um, Odell Beckham sign in Baltimore was a, was a sign. It was a sign that, that, that that's what Lamar wanted. Um, if he wanted to play with good receivers, Baltimore is not the place. Yeah. Like that's like, if it's about offensive weapons and forcing his way to a team with offensive weapons, I, th- I honestly, I, I'd love to know you think about this. This is like a, when you see like the Odell signing in Baltimore, it feels like the NBA ification of it. Like, Oh, we're about to build a super team. Yeah. It's about this, you know, good players will get, get me to stay. It's like, no, when you're a quarterback in the NFL or any player in the NFL, you're, you're like a, almost like a car, like your value diminishes the longer and longer you're in the league. So like wasting year p- playing for $32.5 million to throw the ball to Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman does not seem like it's in the best interest of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson, part of his issues with the Ravens, and again, we're all speculating, one of them can be surrounding him with um, weapons at receiver. That could be one of the concerns. But based on the way that this negotiation has been going and based on the 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 pieces of information that are trickling out of the Ravens camp and a little bit of what we know about Lamar responding to contract negotiations, it ain't about that. So, Mm -hmm. and if it was about that, Odell Beckham ain't the answer. (laughs) You want to know what's funny? Yeah. Is I think the same thing. Obviously he's 30 years old. He's come off two ACLs. He's had a reconstructed ankle. He um, came into the league with hamstring problems. I think after two ACL tears, Odell Beckham is the best receiver that Lamar Jackson will have ever had as an NFL quarterback. That's a lot of disrespect to Rashard Bateman, but he's coming up but he, too and, he, hasn't, he, and hasn't played for a while. But yeah, that's fine. He, he's he played take, like 10 games. I, he, I know takes, he takes disrespect personally also. Then he takes shots at the GM because the GM took shots at the receiver core. So yeah, I, I, I would like to show Rashard Bateman the respect that he deserves. But you might be right, but I don't respect all six games he played last year. All right. Well, I <laughs> poor guy. He was good in those six. But all right. So let me do this because I don't want to waste anybody's time. I'm assuming anybody who's listening to this is smart enough to know all the arguments for why signing Odell Beckham does not matter. So I'm going to do this. You can help me. We'll spend three or four minutes, however long it, it takes, not too long, trying to figure out how this could be something that could move Lamar Jackson. So the first idea is that the contract never mattered. And that seems unlikely or it never mattered as much as we thought it it did because we've never really heard Lamar Jackson come out and say, well, I guess when he, when he released information about demanding a trade, like it was pretty clear that it was about a contract. So he said his value was not met by the organization or respected by the organization. Right. Which is directly about that. So we can throw that out. The only other thing that's reasonable. And I think I'm going to assume that Lamar Jackson does not think that, he needs to further prove himself because then you could argue that he believes that Odell Beckham would help him have a great season so that he can secure the contract after this season. But I don't think Lamar Jackson believes that after he's won an MVP and his impact on their winning and losing has been demonstrated time and time again. I don't believe that 
he believes that he needs to do that. And I also hmm. think, and this is the last one. This is one that seems a little bit like I can't disprove it because I don't know Lamar Jackson personally, is that there is some huge value or importance to him adding Odell Beckham to the team as far as like personal or whatever. Because like Odell is one of the most like famous people in football. Yeah. And he's one of the coolest people in football. I don't think Lamar is moved by cool, but there's something to be said about the relationship, uh, about being excited about rejoining a team that has Odell Beckham on it. I don't think that makes sense either. So can you find something that makes more sense or should we just move on to more interesting topics? Because I want to believe this matters, but it doesn't feel like, because it's a one-year deal too. It just doesn't feel like it matters. Uh, The only thing I could see it mattering is like some clarity on exactly how much money Lamar would get upon signing if they're still working towards a deal in Baltimore. And it's figuring out the rest of the numbers in the cap and be like, what weapons can we get? We know this will be the number. How do you want to, how do you want to front load it, back load it? Where do you want to be? That's the only thing that could make sense is that if, if Lamar was involved, if he was involved in in recruiting Odell, it was important to get this deal done for the mechanics of a bigger Lamar deal. Cause I do not believe he is playing on the 32 and a half million dollar franchise tag this year. That to me, that would be the most shocking outcome because that would be bad business by Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't think he's going to get the $240 million guaranteed. I think that you could argue and argue soundly that that could be bad business for the Ravens. But I do think they'll come together somewhere in, in between based on this, because it just doesn't make sense. Otherwise. I like the signing. Otherwise, um, it's a win now move, though. So that suggests that they know something about the Lamar Jackson situation yeah. that we don't know. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, because like a one year deal, like not only because Odell is old, but because it's a one year deal, like you are planning to make a run this year. So I don't it's know. low I, risk. One year makes it much lower risk for someone like Odell Beckham. Yeah. I mean, I guess it but you can speak spread out the cap hit if you if you had a you planned on i guess you could always restructure so never mind but if you planned yeah. on him being there for a while but i guess they still want to test him out and if he's good so that's i don't know this, this is why i think it's a one-year deal is because if he's really good he's not coming back they're not going to resign him for the money that he deserves or they would have done it to start with whatever Cross that bridge and we get to it. I don't believe that it matters, but I hope it does because I want to see Lamar play, and I certainly want to see Odell play with Lamar. Wouldn't that be the funniest outcome? This all just got fixed by signing Odell Beckham to one year, 15 or fifteen so to $18 million. Like After all of this, we're going to reset the market. Nope, nope. It's all good. We'll get you a 30-year-old receiver who's going to play eight games and uh, be pretty good for four of them. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish, shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Yeah, another all-time great. Well, I guess Odell doesn't fall into the all-time great players category, but another like great player who is probably past his prime that we're talking about moving around is Derrick Henry. Like the Cowboys have Derrick Henry. I find this interesting and I find it to be, I guess, depending on the numbers, probably a smart move, put him on your team. But this leads to a bigger conversation about running backs, I think, because with B. John Robinson entering the draft this year and a lot of people saying there's no reason you should ever take a running back in the first round. Like, you know, I always say that absolutes are for children and dumb people. I think that Mm -hmm. saying any absolute is just a bad idea. And I understand that. If you're dumb, yeah, never take a running back in the first that first round. But if there's a great running back and he fits into your scheme and he adds something to your offense and he's dynamic, like Bijan Robinson has the ability to be top three running backs in the league, uh, top five at least immediately next then, year. Yes, yeah, yeah, next year, next year. Then you go ahead and and scoop him up. So uh, I know we start. I started this with the Derrick Henry conversation. Maybe I'll circle back to that. But I got fired up on the Bijan thing because it just feels short-sighted and foolish and pointing out the risk. And I think the the argument for a running back at any level is because they're so their production is so often very much dependent on the offensive line play. And you can find a mediocre running back. Like there's tons of mediocre running backs. And I think for most other position position groups, you can't find like a big glut in the middle like that. Mm -hmm. So I think the suggestion is like, yeah, it's not worth the risk because the benefit at the top end isn't there. But I would disagree. And this is one of the things where analytics, I think, get in the way for us is because football is such a complex game. There's so many different variables that, yes, probably if you are going to do things the same, then there's no difference. There's no matter. There's no importance to where who your running back is. If you have a running back that can allow you to do things incredibly differently and who comes to mind, Saquon Barkley comes to mind. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey comes to mind. Then I think the impact changes it. And yes, they're going to take a lot of hits. And yes, they are subject to a higher risk of injury. And yeah, you might, if you might lose them and you could get like medium production out of somebody else. So like, I get all that. But what it can do for your offense, the ceiling is so high. If you get the right running back and the right screen scheme and the right offense, running backs are the type of players that can make everybody else's job so much easier. And that like ties into Lamar Jackson conversation because his running ability, like no one wants to call him a running back because there's some disrespect that comes along with it. But what he does that is so special is his running ability. And that's why the Ravens are like good 
or and that's also why teams are afraid to pay him. Right. Yeah. And that's also why teams are afraid to pay him. But I mean, to me, that's and that's the assuming that you can eliminate risk is is dumb to me. And I think that minimizing the risk is probably smart when there isn't a greater reward out there. So like in the Lamar conversation and the Bijan or the running back in general conversation, it's like, yeah, it's a higher risk with Lamar Jackson because he's going to get hit more often than mm-hmm. other quarterbacks, presumably. And you could argue, I think it's reasonable to argue that Lamar Jackson is not going to be getting hit while he's stagnant in the pocket, which is probably more dangerous than a desired running play. But whatever, I'll even grant you that Lamar Jackson is a higher risk of injury than other quarterbacks. I'm not well, sure I don't even true, think it's. The, I don't think it's the highest higher risk of injury. That's interesting with Lamar. I think it's that, you know. Okay, look at like Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. He, if you go back and look at the highlights from 2016, it is shocking to look at him as a running back of how explosive he was. He never had the like massively traumatic injury, right. but then you look at him in 2022, and he's just a more beat up, slower version of himself. And I think that's interesting about quarterback contracts is. They might be the only position, maybe left tackles, who their second contract, you expect them to exceed value by the time the contract holds and ends. Um, where with Lamar, it's a total question mark. And I say that because no one has ever been that good that early and been that good playing that style for a long time. And that's the interesting part about it, because that that's what fits. You don't want to call him a running back, but that's what fits along right. the narrative not- of running backs on second contracts. And you could argue that no one's ever done it like him. So we yeah. have no reason to believe that that that's possible. But like, I, that's not the conversation I'm even trying yeah. to have. Like, I'll grant I, I, I would probably disagree with that just as a fundamental statement. But I'll grant that to anybody for the sake of having this conversation. Yeah. And I will. That's fine. He'll be worse in four years than he is right now. Or he'll be better. We just don't know. Yeah. Or he'll be better or he'll transition to something else. Yeah. The point is, we just don't know. And yeah. you feel pretty secure that most quarterbacks, which like we can point out examples where quarterbacks haven't, but most quarterbacks that show that they're on a good trajectory, they're going to stay on that trajectory. Like, I, I get that. But my point is, yes. In a lab on a chalkboard, that makes sense. But the Ravens aren't in a lab. They're on a chalkboard. They have an opportunity right now. And yes, maybe the risk is higher, but the reward is higher too. So you are going to lower the risk if you don't sign Lamar, but the your ceiling has lowered also. And I feel the same way. That connects to me with Bijan. I'm so excited to talk about Bijan. Yeah, yeah, that connects the same to me with Saquon and him like not wanting to play for the franchise tag and him being a first-round pick. is uh, And the same thing with Derrick Henry. And with the, I guess Derrick Henry is different. He got paid. But he's... Yeah, he got paid, but they put him on that uh, special running back deal, which I feel like we got so many doors to walk through because that running back deal was kind of unfair, too. Yes. The running backs are so valuable, good ones, and they never get a chance to get paid because you freaking nerds. You got glasses on today, so I'm including you with the nerds. So where do you want to go with this? Okay, so I want to talk about a ton of Can we start with Bijan? And then we he's can get great. to the, Well, no, but he's 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 a. I cannot remember the most exciting player in college football coming into a draft where there isn't a marquee quarterback and anyone giving less of a shit about the most exciting player in the draft. And I know that there is Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. I know that there are the three quarterbacks. I completely get that. And I'm sorry, four if you include Will Levis, wherever you want to go. But I'm assuming right. the 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 Stroud, Bryce Young, Richardson have higher end ceilings, the two defensive players. The fact that there's a running back 
in the analytics era that you have all of the scouts being like anything with the sixth picker later is insane value and he might drop way further than we think is a testament to how freakish this dude is, how he's much closer to a Marshall Falk type of player. And what's interesting is something switched last year with the way that Christian McCaffrey was used in San Francisco, where it's not just like a running back. It's like, oh, we have another weapon who lets us do a million more things that you can't defend. And that's awesome if we get another one of those. Forget things that you can't defend. You don't know what you're going to get. Impossible, impossible to scheme a defense against it. Exactly. Defenses call their play and their personnel based on down and distance and who you have in your huddle. Mm-hmm. If you have someone who's in your huddle that is dangerous from different parts of the field, then they don't necessarily know what to call. They don't necessarily know what personnel group. Now, I think most people that are listening to this probably understand all that. So I'm not going to go into like all those things that I think are probably football 201. But also, I would put on top of it, there's nothing like a game breaker. And you know me, I talk so much about big play receivers because that threat is the most is the scariest thing to me. And that's partially because I'm a cornerback and also partially because I know the stats bear out that you are more likely to score on a drive that has a big play in it than dink and dunk all the way down. And so I bring that up because in passing the ball, what happens is like you have to take deep shots most of the time. It's so rare that you're going to throw a short pass that turns into something big. But like Tyreek Hill can do that. That's why he's so, so special. So, again, back to the risk reward calculus that we were talking about earlier. Throwing the ball deep is like low probability of success. But the reward is so high. Handing the ball off to B. John Robinson is like low probability of failure with a high probability of big play. And that's the thing that like I understand that I'm using my own like pseudo uh, metrics right here. And I guess there could be I could look up some analytics to help support or detract from this point. But the point of the matter is when you watch Saquon in that playoff game, you watch Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey in their playoff game, even the one that they lost where it's like, I hand you the ball. We they can block. Play, they literally made him play quarterback. Yeah, we can. Yeah, it's funny. We can block for you to get three. An average running back will get three here. Mm-hmm. A good running back will get five. You might give us a touchdown from anywhere on the field. Like that to me seems incredibly valuable. And I understand all the reasons not to do it, but there are sometimes there are special players for whom you must break the rules. And B. John Robinson might be one of those players. And for running backs, it's not like quarterbacks. If you do this shit in college and it works, there's a good chance that that same stuff is going to work in NFL against high level talent. Yes. And also like this is someone who's doing it in a different way. This is to me much. I know you rush for 1500 yards. But right, this is right, much right. closer to the McCaffrey thing than the exactly. thing where it's like, you know, but I, I guess I'm sorry to cut you off, but I guess my no. point is people who know about Bijan already know that argument. You know what I mean? They know the argument that about what he does to defenses, about him lining up different plays, about mm-hmm. him being a, a passing threat. Just take it back to the fundamentals of like also Handing him the ball is pretty damn helpful too. Yes. Yes. But we're just on like the precipice of this. Like I, I genuinely think we're just on the precipice of Shana, the Shanahanification of using running backs in different ways, because we are, we've seen this happen in every sport. If you weren't a threat from every skill position on the, on the field, there's an actual argument that you shouldn't be out there getting the ball. And this guy is sort of the prototype of, he can do all these different things. He can run all these different routes. Um, 
But should we pivot to the Derrick Henry thing? Because we can. I, I would love I guess, to know. Yeah, we pivot to Derrick Henry, but I, I would normally like pretend like Ashley didn't just walk in the room. But since she's uh, a character on this podcast, it's okay to acknowledge that. that uh, sorry, I was yeah. I was trying to handle the transition because I didn't know if you were talking to Ashley and we're gonna yeah, go on yeah, mute. Yeah, okay, whatever. okay, great you, great. you got you got on your glasses. You tried to take over the show. You stand up for the nerds. No, I just you saw me look off and smile. Yeah. I haven't seen her in three days, so she's happy to see me i'm happy to see her we don't need to take a break just let the people know what happened all right go ahead let's pivot this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, is this the most Jerry Jones thing ever if the Cowboys trade for Derrick Henry? Like, we just realized that Tony Pollard's one of, like, the three best running backs in the NFL can actually be on the field for more than 20 snaps and to then trade for an expensive old running back to hand the ball off to on first down and short yardage. I mean, I guess it depends on what you what you mean. So, like, Jerry Jones has not been this guy that we like to pretend that he is. Well, no, but he was this guy who really loved Ezekiel Elliott for slightly. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. So I thought you were just saying like the guy who's just chasing washed up stars because he wants a big name to put on his uniform. Like Jerry Jones is like that team has actually been one of the more consistently successful teams over the, and I know they haven't won a championship. They don't go deep in the playoffs, but single elimination, blah, 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 blah. They've been one of the better built teams in the league for a time now, even with, some, I guess I would argue, questionable decisions like extending uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, maybe it means also drafting him, but we don't want to dive back in that conversation. Uh, Derrick Henry. Who's really good last year. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I want to be able to make fun of it, but I don't hate it. And I think like what we love about Tony Pollard I don't know that we would get that uh, him coming off of injury, him slightly older and him as the bell cow back. So Tony Pollard has existed in a world and I know there have been stretches where Zeke didn't show up and he played well, but he has not existed in a world where from down one of game one all the way through the postseason, he's the guy you mm-hmm. might get a different version of Tony Pollard if you have to do that. Now, I think the fact that they're going after Derrick Henry is that is a little bit of star chasing, whatever, but he's still good. But the idea, so like if they just signed a veteran running back, no one would be like, oh, this is ridiculous. They'd be like, oh, yeah, you got to replace Zeke. 
somebody in there to help Tony Pollard out because no one should enter the season with one running back that they that they trust. How much they're going to be paying uh, Derrick Henry, I guess, should impact the decision. But if you got the money, you got the money. I tend not to care about that. What the, What's the value that it has to you, not what's the value that it has to anybody else. If Derrick Henry can get – if he can repeat what he did last year, which – I would say is a bad idea as he approaches 30 because I think around somewhere around 28 to 30 is when running backs tend to fall off that cliff. And Derrick Henry, I think, is going to become 30 pretty soon if he's not already 30. So I get it. But Derrick Henry has been different. He is already damn near 2000 touches, if not at 2000 touches in the NFL, three years in college of um, SEC banging but he's still he's had a few injuries but he still doesn't seem to be slowing down so uh, contract aside money aside would you think it's dumb for anybody to add derrick henry to their roster no no yeah so then why why would this be a i guess maybe i'm assuming that by saying the most jerry jones thing ever you mean it to be a negative thing well the only thing that i think is a negative is that I don't I don't agree with you on the fact that like Tony Pollard needs a, a 1A for him to be the 1B. I think it would be a much more entertaining offense to have someone who could do a lot of same same thing we just talked about, like the multiplicity of like skill sets. Like that's an actual game breaker who I think your offense is probably better if he's on the field for first, second, and third downs. Obviously, there are limitations if he gets hurt, you know, right. et cetera, et cetera. But I can't imagine that it's better to be more predictable with someone else there. And no. Like you found, you found gold with this guy. So was he a sixth round pick and he's maybe the most explosive back in the league. I think you're misunderstanding what I meant. It's not that I want um, Derek Henry to be one a. Yeah. It's that you need somebody else. Why not allow it be Derek Henry? Why do you need someone else? And why because... do you need something like, and uh, he's not overly expensive. He's $10 million a year, but like, why do you not need that? Why do you want to spend your cap there if you have? That's fair. So, I mean, I guess your point about Derrick Henry being predictable is a, is a valid one because at least Ezekiel Elliott was a good pass catcher and Ezekiel Elliott was a good pass protector, which we know is uh, something Jerry Jones very much valued. So you did not know exactly what you were doing when Zeke was in there. So I didn't consider that part about the multiplicity, but I guess it's because I believe that running back in football is a taxing position and that's why we're having all these conversations so my point is not that i want somebody in front of tony pollard it's that i would like somebody whether it's tony pollard whether it's saquon barkley whether it's christian mccaffrey or Bijan robinson or any running back in the league i'd like somebody else i don't want all the carries going to one person this is not something that i think is super productive and at least for Tony Pollard, that's what we've that's where we've seen him have success. Yeah. God, now I'm I'm starting to get really afraid that this audio is gonna get played back to me in like six months yeah. when Derrick Henry has like 1700 yards again, just because he's like a complete one of one. Yeah, he is ridiculous. And I, I if anybody hasn't seen highlights of Derrick Henry from high school, it's we we talked about how Jonathan Ogden played at your school and how uh he looked like jonathan ogden in nfl when he was playing with private school high school kids yeah derrick henry looked the damn same it's uh so big and athletic it's the greatest thing ever Twelve thousand rushing yards in high school i want to i mean some kid is an adult now and is dealing with 
some serious injury as a result of having played against Derrick Henry. There's somebody. We need to do a deep dive and find Ooh. one of them kids that he ran over and, and their shoulder ain't been right ever since. They need workers comp from their school. I mean, you have the closest experience to what it must have been like to be similar to Derrick Henry at some age. Was there an age in your life playing football where you were as dominant as Derrick Henry was in high school? Um. I would say so we my when I was my eighth grade year, Pop Warner football played for the Randallstown Panthers and we went all the way to the national championship in Disney World and we got blown out by the Winston-Salem Tiny Vikings. So I was always on the smaller end. So that was the only year that I played older but lighter. Is that something Mm -hmm. that so like I played with my age group and was like the best player in my little on my team and the best player uh or among the best players in my league the whole time i'm coming up and then that year when i played older but lighter then it was like oh we lost one game to northwood it was like the team that feeds in the dunbar yeah uh, which is like really good team and then we played them again in a championship and we beat them and then we went to go play a team in pennsylvania smashed them played a team from new jersey gave them the blues then we went and played the winston-salem tiny vikings and i was no longer derrick henry (laughs) <laughs> like I was no like them boys they had like four of me on that team and then the ones who weren't me were I mean they had probably like three or four kids that were better than me and the ones that they had about four kids that were about my size and about my skill level I was never like the big dude yeah. but I would say my senior in high school actually was probably better than that because it was just yeah uh, I was not bigger than everybody else but at that young age I think we were like yeah, closer athleticism wise. By the time I was a senior in high school, I think I would fu- you. I'd find some kids on the field that didn't belong out there. And you just yeah, you yeah. Like, and I the get, Reggie the Reggie Bush first Fresno State treatment. I got a I got flagged. Um, we played Poolsville my senior year. I'd switched to quarterback and I had five touchdowns on the ground. And then I got <laughs> I got flagged for breaking up a pass, but <laughs> the quarterback left him over the middle. And the one I'm supposed to do. And this is a different era. Yeah. Different no, era. Hits to the heads were allowed. Yep. It oh, almost man. had to send a message. Oh, yeah. I had to send a message. We was only up by three touchdowns at that point. I had to send a message. Oh, that poor kid probably got some brain issues. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, Poolsville. I don't know how we end up here. Do we have more running back stuff to talk about? Saquon is not going to play. Ooh, I, I got one question. And okay. I thought of this, and I should have asked you at the time, but it popped up later. Who would you feel more comfortable taking um, if you were trying to build a winning football team, Anthony Richardson or B. John Robinson? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, uh, and you're not going to give me any context for the team. So, like, uh, Assuming you're in the top six. Right, so assuming I'm in the top six, then adding B. John to my team, I don't want that. I, I view, yeah, I assume I don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Richardson, I guess. Like, I feel more confident that Bijan is going to be effective. Yeah. I think well, this is like a the, hard question. This is the most yeah. fascinating decision because it's if, a hard if question. Yeah. Anthony Richardson busts, he could really bust. Yeah. Anthony Richardson could be a complete nothing at that spot. He could also yeah. be the best, like, a top five quarterback in the league three, three or four years from now. He could be the most dynamic runner at the position maybe yeah. we've ever seen. That's like yeah. on the table with right. the athleticism. And Bijan could walk in the league and be one of the best backs in 
give you something, a cornerstone to build an offense around. Whereas Anthony Richardson won't be likely won't be his best version of himself for another three years. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Well, I mean, you have to take, I mean, that's easy. Yeah, that's easy. I'm, I'm taking Anthony. Yeah. I'm taking Anthony. I think, I, I think you should go one. So yeah. I'm on team Richardson, but I think it's like when you get to the, like Bijan's almost the ultimate sure thing. That's why it's right. an, a remarkable, how you, how you view this shit question. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you say top five, top six, I'm mm-hmm. taking Anthony Richardson because I, yeah. Uh, you have to take the quarterback that has best quarterback in the league potential is will always be better than best running back in the league potential. <sighs> but uh, after all the conversation we had, I want to find a way to say Bijan, but I think if I'm a team, yeah, that's just dumb. I was going to say, if I'm a team who has a quarterback, I'm getting Bijan. <laughs> but mm-hmm. obviously then I think that's the perfect spot for Bijan is it's like how Christian McCaffrey went out to San Francisco. Like it's the perfect spot for Bijan, and that's it's good that the running back is being devalued because he has a chance to slide down somewhere like that. And if he slides down to ten, yeah. and he goes to the fucking Eagles. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a fucking problem. Uh, who's go through them? Okay, uh, Panthers, Texans, Cardinals, Colts, Seahawks, Lions, which would be very fun too. Raiders, Falcons, Bears, Eagles. Yeah, so the Seahawks. Time. The Seahawks make me nervous. They might. They might grab Bijan. I doubt it, play, but they might. Just play him a quarterback with Kenneth Walker next to him. No. Oh yeah, Kenneth Walker. <laughs> I forgot about Kenneth Walker. I was just thinking Pete Carroll loves running backs, but yeah, Kenneth yeah. Walker is good and and young as hell too. I'm old. I just forgot all about him. All right. Yeah, he'll be there. He's gonna be there. Yeah. I mean, the Bears would be a really interesting one. Just to have the, maybe the most dynamic running attack, also, and like yeah. Yeah, I guess. So they just got to give up on offensive line and say, look, <laughs> we're just going to we're just going to make you stop these guys. We're not going to get any receipt. Well, they got they got DJ Moore. But, and Chase Claypool is not someone who I think they should have traded for, but he's still an above average receiver. Sneaky, the dumbest trade in a couple of years. Yeah, give up a so pick bad. that was essentially a first round pick with a second round contract. Oh, God. It was so bad. So, so bad. Such a bad trade. But they did some other smart things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to all. I hope Howie grabs him so that all the people who've talked about how Howie's the best GM and, and the Eagles are so advanced analytically than everyone else have to find a way to explain why this analytic, analytically driven team drafted B. John Robinson. The answer will be because they're trying to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. An obvious answer. An obvious answer. I think that's what it comes down to is everyone's trying to optimize for the future. Yeah. And sometimes when it's win now, you optimize for the moment. Yeah. Did we hit everything we wanted to hit? Is there anything yeah. else out there? I feel uh I'm just so happy you're out of the woods. I just wandered around <laughs> Washington, DC with pollen filled eyes, wondering if you were okay. Yeah, I was fine. We had a great time. I'll tell you more about it next week. Um, it was good. But anyway, thank you, Charlie. As usual, thank you, Adi Khan. Thank you, Christina Buswell. Thank you, Sarah Abbott. And hey, Rachel Gaylor, you got a spectator. You get a shout out to. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.